Uh, once again, welcome to Life Church this morning. I, I recognize there's a few new faces, so I'll just do this real quick. I'm Matt, lead pastor here. I get to serve alongside my wife, beautiful wife, Tanya Jansen, and pastors Mike and Eva, our associates. We have an amazing team. We're so grateful for them, um, uh, and that's incredible. And we're so grateful to be with you this morning and to be uh, in, in this position, in this place where we get to serve you and serve Jesus uh, with the gifts and callings that he's given us. And this, this church belongs to Jesus. I just want to lay that out there right now. Okay, this is his church. He can do whatever he wants to do with it. And we're so grateful to be able to serve alongside of him. Um, I tell him that all the time. I'm like, Jesus, thank you so much that I get to walk beside you and I get to, to do this. This is such a blessing and such an honor. Um, probably at least once every couple weeks, at least, most weeks, Tanya and I will look at each other and go, can you believe we get to do this? I mean, it's such a blessing and such an honor to serve the Lord. And this morning, I'm really excited to talk about Jesus. I had so much fun talking about him last week. I'm really excited this morning to continue our series. And if you haven't been with us, we're in a new series called A Walk with Jesus. If you don't know, at Life Church, we have a purpose statement. It's this. We are here to care for and bring people to Jesus. That's what we are here to do. That's what our purpose is. That's what we want to do. It's, it's not about us. We don't save people, but he does. Amen. And our Savior is strong and mighty. He is everything that we need. He is our peace and our hope and our salvation. And so this morning, the, the question then is, you know, what does it mean to bring people to Jesus? Well, if you're going to bring people to him, you got to know him first. And we use this scripture in Philippians chapter 3 as a foundation where the Apostle Paul says it, I have to read the whole thing because it's so good. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered loss of all things and count them as rubbish. That's a fun word. That I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which God, which is by faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. That I may know him. And if you weren't here last week, just to bring you up to speed, this idea kind of came from uh, a recent experience I had where we were remembering an uncle of mine that had passed away. And one of the things I was remembering was the smell of his cologne. And I talked about how when I would leave the truck, he was a truck driver. He used to drive me from Chilliwack to Vernon. And I remember leaving the truck and walking out in my clothes smelling like my uncle uh, because of his aftershave or, or his cologne. And I remember, you know, if you were you with Uncle Detlef recently? Yes, smell this, right? That was my, my whole shtick. And then when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about this idea of what if we could be so close to Jesus that we could carry his fragrance to the world around us? That was the idea. And so this idea of how do, we, how do we know him? How do we seek him? How can we see him in the scriptures in such a way that we can get to know him and we can experience him? And last week we talked about that fragrance of Christ um, this week, I have a question for you, and, and now if I were to subtitle this message, I first of all called it A Walk with Jesus 2, very original, I know, uh, but what I've actually called it is The Sound of His Voice. My question for you this morning is, do you know the sound of His voice? Um, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your presence. Thank you that you're here now. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word, that it is living and active, 
It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides between the soul and the spirit. It discerns to the intents of the heart. And this morning, Lord God, we say, come, speak to us. Have your way in us, Lord Jesus. Do your work deep in us, Lord Jesus. God, we pray in your holy name that this morning the word would come forth like a seed in our hearts and it would bear good fruit. Father God, we come to you expecting in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Our passage of scripture this morning is in the book of John, and it's Jesus speaking in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. And he says this, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up another way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. Jesus goes on to say in verse 14, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not in this fold, them I must also bring, and they will hear my voice. There will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. And then again in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So here's Jesus saying that it's possible to hear his voice. Now, how do you know somebody's voice? How can you put it together that it's them? You know, I think a lot of times when you're thinking about this idea of hearing somebody's voice, um, you can know it because you can hear somebody say something, and then you can say to yourself, oh, that sounds like something that they would say. Right? Like a catchphrase, for instance. Like, I bet you if I threw out some catchphrases at you right now, you could probably guess who it is that said it. In fact, let's do that. Are you guys ready? Here's the first one. Oh, writing down. Jim, see, you guys know. You know his voice. Okay, if you've got kids, you might get this one. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Anybody get that? My daughter's got it right away. I showed them yesterday. It's Piglet from Winnie the Pooh. That's right. Some of you don't have little kids anymore, so that's okay. How about this one? It's in Canada. Yeah, that's right. That's Josiah. That's an inside joke. If you haven't been in the church, don't worry about it. You'll get it. It's coming. It's coming eventually. You know, I used to have this buddy named Ben who, whenever he got excited, I remember this, he would say, booyah. And so everything was all about booyah. And I remember we were in a band together, and he'd be like, Matt, let's do the booyah song. And it wasn't even called the booyah song. It was just like his favorite song, and that's how he expressed that. And I knew that. But whenever he would say, booyah, whenever I hear that now, I always think about Ben. You know, there's these catchphrases, these cadences, these rhythms to the way that people speak that you can pick up on and you can recognize the frequency that is coming towards you. Right? Like, I would, I would hope that my kids would know my voice. I'll never forget um, uh, when, when Josiah and Ashlyn and Aubrey were born. And I remember the first few moments sitting with them 
in, in, the, in the hospital, and, and Tanya was resting, and, and I had this little bundle in my hands, and I remember just speaking to them and just telling them, your daddy loves you. I'm for you. I remember singing over them because I wanted them to know the cadence of my voice, that when they heard me say, Josiah, he would know his dad and his voice. Well, Jesus is saying to us that my sheep hear my voice. And who are the sheep that he's referring to? The sheep is us. We are the sheep of his pasture. You know, um, a man by the name of H.V. Uh, Morton uh, wrote in a, in a commentary about this idea about sheep. And he talked about an experience he had in Bethlehem. He says, H.V. Uh, Morton tells of a scene that he saw in a cave near Bethlehem. Two shepherds had sheltered their flock in the cave during the night. How were the flocks to be sorted out? One of the shepherds stood some distance away and gave a peculiar call, which only his sheep knew. And soon his whole flock had run to him because they knew his voice. They would have come for no one else, but they knew the call of their own shepherd. Now, you can check this out. I didn't put it up here because it's like a three-minute video. But if you want to get on YouTube later, you can, you can like YouTube this and look up the voice of the shepherd. And there's this one where they've got these students that come forward to a fence, and they have them call out to the sheep. You know, here's sheep, here's sheep, here's sheep, and nothing. And then another student comes up, and he's like, ba, 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 and like nothing. And then the shepherd walks up nonchalantly. He's got this peculiar call. I, if I remember it correctly, it's more like a, hoo, 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 hoo. And suddenly one of the sheep in the back raises up its head and looks at him. Then all the sheep look up, and they're looking at him. And then he gives the call again, the very peculiar, unique, cadenced call that comes from the shepherd. And all the sheep raise up their heads, and they run towards him. And he just walks away with a big smile on his face. Because the sheep know his voice. In the same way, church, do we know the voice of Jesus? And how do we get to know his voice? Because he has a unique call. And a unique sound. He is a, a, a cadence and a rhythm that is unique to him. And when you spend enough time with him, and when you spend enough time with anybody, you could say, well, that sounds like something they would say. They would say. Bill Johnson says, living immersed in Christ puts us into a place where we're constantly hearing that familiar voice. So the question is, could we have a heightened awareness of Jesus. And how could we do this? How could we learn to hear his voice in a more intimate and more powerful way? How can we spend time in such a way that we start to recognize and go, that sounds like something that Jesus would say? Matthew 4, 4 says, but the, he answered Jesus, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So therefore, the question is this, what does Jesus sound like? You know, I could have some fun with this right now, and it would not be fair, because that's a very intense, intense question. But I could say, so what you need to do is stand on one foot, okay? And then you need to put your finger on your earlobe, 
And then when you fear the warm fuzzies down your back, that's the voice of Jesus. But I see it's much more practical and simple than that. And I'm going to give you a quote from a man by the name of Tim Ross, because he just said it so clearly and so directly. What does Jesus sound like? What does God sound like? You ever heard somebody say, I heard the voice of God tell me to do this? I felt like the Lord told me to do this. What does he sound like? It's very simple. God sounds like what he wrote. God sounds like what he wrote. Romans 7, 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Church, if we would want to know Jesus, if we would want to learn to hear the cadence and rhythm of his voice, we must be a people that are a people of the word. Amen? We must be a people who go back to his word because one thing we know for sure is his voice will never contradict his word. It will never contradict his word. So could we be a people who spend the time, who discipline ourselves to dig into the Word of God, to understand how He would speak, so that when we get a sense in our spirit, hmm, there's something here, we could go, well, that sounds exactly like something that Jesus would say. Because I know Him. Because I know Him. You know, there's a story about Jesus interacting with the disciples, and at first they didn't recognize him. And whether or not it was the sound of his voice or the mannerisms or even just the action that he, he did, there was something in it where they suddenly recognized who it was. And it's in John 21, uh, verses 4 and 7. And it's a story of uh, Jesus has risen from the dead, and, and the disciples are out, and Peter says, I'm going fishing. All the guys go, let's go too. And they go, when morning had come, Jesus stood at the shore... Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? And they answered him and said, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw in all the multitude of fish. Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved, I love that, said to Peter, It's the Lord! And now Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, put on his outer garments, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. Now where would he get this idea? Because in their memories came back a time where Peter was also in that position, and Jesus had said to him, I know you've been fishing all night, but go out one more time and cast down your nets. And then the moment that Peter did that, they, the Bible says that they tried to pull in the nets, and it was so heavy with fish that they had to bring in another boat to come and help them to bring in all the fish. So there was a cadence, there was a rhythm, there was an experience that they saw with Jesus. So when Jesus came back again to bring them that same experience and represent himself, they said, that looks like Jesus when you spend time in the Word, you get to know God. When you spend time in the Word, you get to know Jesus. And as you get to know Jesus, you start to see Him all around you, working in your life. I think a lot of times, you know, we might think that we've made up our minds to do something. And we could look back and we can realize, oh, God had His hand on that. I can see the hand of Jesus in that. Because it lines up with His words. 
How did the disciples discern it was him? It lined up with their interactions with him. And church, how does that work in our lives? What are our interactions with him? It starts in the word of God. His voice will never contradict his word. So, if you feel like God's saying something to you and it doesn't line up with his word, it's really quick and easy to say, no, that's not of the Lord. Conversely, if you are feeling in your heart, I need to go and love my neighbor, you don't have to think twice about that. Is that Jesus talking to me to do that? Hmm, it lines up with his word. You don't have to fight that impulse. You can go ahead and do that as much as you want to because it lines up with his word. So how can we know his voice? We can know his voice because it lines up with his word. Now, listen, even as I'm saying this, some of you might feel very overwhelmed by this idea. Maybe right now you're so surrounded by things in life, by pressures, by um, uh, challenges that you're facing, that everything's foggy. You can barely hear your own thoughts, let alone the voice of God and the voice of Jesus. So this is how I want to close this today. Because if that's you, and you're saying, Matt, I, I don't know what you're talking about. It doesn't connect to me at all. I don't understand it. You can also call on the name of the Lord. And I want to tell you this morning, who knows his voice? Because even if you can't discern and you don't know the voice of Jesus, there are systems around us that do know his voice. Who knows his voice? Can I tell you right now? Death knows his voice. There's a story in John chapter 11 where Jesus came to a tomb where his friend Lazarus had been laying dead for many days. In fact, so many days that when he told them to remove the stone from the grave, the sister said, don't do it. It's going to stink really bad. And he says, no, go ahead and move that stone. So they removed the stone and Jesus pointed at the tomb, looked at the tomb, and it says he cried out with a loud voice, And the Bible tells us, and he who died came out bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with cloths, and Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Can I tell you right now, death knows the voice of Jesus. The Bible says, David says this, oh, death, where is your sting? He has taken that sting away. He holds the keys, and God is able to bring us through even to glory. In death. What else? Can I tell you this? If you don't know the voice of Jesus, you can call upon him because chaos knows his voice. Chaos knows his voice. In Mark chapter 4, verses 38 through 41, it says that they were on a, in a ship, in a boat, and Jesus was asleep on a pillow in a prominent place in the boat. And there was a big storm that rose up, and the disciples were freaking. And if the disciples are freaking out, this is a big storm because these guys are fishermen. This is what they do. They understand the sea. They understand the storms. And so they're literally thinking they're going to die. This is the worst storm I've ever seen. It's <sighs> Jesus is asleep. They wake him up, and they're like, teacher, don't you care that we're dying? And he rises, rebukes the wind, and he looks at the sea, and he says this. It doesn't even say how he said it. Maybe it was like this. 
And the storm knew the voice of Jesus. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the seas obey him? See, you might be having a hard time understanding and discerning the voice of Jesus in your life, but chaos knows the voice of Jesus. You call on the name of the Lord when you're in trouble, and he is able to bring peace to the storm. Last but not least, sickness knows his voice. Luke 7, 6, and 7 Jesus is on his way to go to a centurion's home. Centurion has a servant who's ill and sick, and Jesus is on his way. And the Bible tells us in Luke chapter six, uh, 7, 6, and 7, so Jesus went to them, but just before he arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor, and I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. And the Bible says that Jesus marveled at his faith, saying, I, I tell you the truth, I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel. And the servants return to the home of the officer, and the young man that was sick is up, and he is well. Sickness knows the voice of Jesus. Listen, I want to encourage you today. I understand that it's hard sometimes to discern his voice. You need to start by going back to the word of God. Dig into his word. Come on, really practically here, church. Get a Bible reading plan, okay? This is not just a, you know, a really Christianese religious thing to do. This is about getting to know Jesus so that when he moves around you, you can recognize it and you can see his hand and everything around you. But if you are in a position today, right now, where this overwhelms you and you're feeling like, oh man, I just can't discern this, that you can know this. That even if you don't know his voice, there is sickness and there is chaos and there is death and they know his voice. And so therefore you can rely on him. Amen? Amen. So I leave that with you today. If you want to know what God sounds like, he sounds like what he wrote. Amen. Well, I'm going to close with that today, church. And um, what we're going to do to close is I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to pray for you. Pray God's blessing upon you. Pray that he speaks to you this week in a new way. I pray that the word of God comes alive to you like it's never come alive to you before. Um, I'm sorry, there's this concept about the word of God where you can have these words that are called logos words, words that are written that you can read, and they're dry on a page. But then there's also the rhema word, which is the living word. This is a Greek word, and it talks about this idea of a word that comes to life. And what I love about the scriptures is that I can read the same passage at different periods in my life, and it can come alive to me in ways that I never knew before. I can see things that I never saw that speak to me directly in the season that I'm in. So I want to encourage you, church, let's be a church that voraciously feeds on the Word of God. That we may know Him. That we may be sensitive to His voice. That we may experience Him 
in our daily lives. That we could hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. And we go, I recognize that voice because I spend every day with him. And I know that that's my Jesus. And I know that he's calling out to me. Because that sounds like him. Amen? Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Yeah, Father, this morning we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have not left us alone. But Father God, you have said that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. So today, Lord God, we recognize and realize that we can build our lives on the whole truth of the word of God. Father, we pray that you would grow within us a hunger for your presence, a hunger to know you. Father God, show us your cadence. Show us your rhythm, Lord Jesus. Father God, that our hearts could be in tune with you so that we would see you, that we would hear you. And God, just like the sheep, when we know that call, we would respond to you. Father, we thank you also that your word and your voice has power. We thank you today, Lord God, that it's got power over sickness, Lord God, and we declare that in Jesus' name. We pray that sickness would leave this place in Jesus' name. We pray healing now in your holy name, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that your voice, that, that chaos knows your voice. And we pray today that in any situation, Lord God, where we are feeling overwhelmed, where the wind and waves are too much, Father God, that as we call out to you, that you would bring healing and you would bring safety and you would bring hope and peace into the midst of the storm. And Father God, we know that death knows your voice. That not even death, not even death can conquer you. And we know, Lord Jesus, that you conquered death. You conquered sin in the grave. Oh God, that you gave up your only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And so today, Lord God, we rely on you for our hope of glory. Our hope of heaven is in you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are able to speak to that which we cannot overcome, for you have already overcome. We love you, Lord. We give this day to you. We give this week to you. Let us be those who walk close with you. Let it be said of Life Church, they know Jesus. We ask it now in your holy name. And everyone said, Amen.